And in talking about His glory for the last few weeks, we've um, began to understood that God's priority, His number one thing, is that His glory is revealed. But it's, um, it's, it's an interesting thing because God wants to make Himself known to His creation, and He is made known by His glory. So, of course, He wants His glory to be revealed. And then uh, He wants us to worship Him so that we can take our place as our role as uh, the created with the creator and um, to have a relationship with him, to worship him. Uh, we talked last week a little bit about the idea that God isn't this uh, big egocentric being that requires that we worship him or else. The thing about God is that he is so awesome, um, so magnificent that when we build relationship with him, when we get into his presence, we can't help but worship him. So, um, when we don't worship Him, when we don't seek His glory, then we begin to try to rule our lives for our own glory. And in that, we sin. Because God knew that this was our uh, propensity. We had a, a disposition for sin. He sent His Son, Jesus, clothed in humanity, to bear the consequence for our sin. Um, I just love that God has so much grace and mercy for us and on us. Uh, last week we began to talk about being transformed by God's glory and, and what happens um, in uh, Romans 12, 12 where it says that we should not be conformed to this world but transformed. In the last couple of weeks we talked about that word transformed in the Greek um, metamorpho uh, to, to be transformed. And as we turn toward the end of our journey through the Holy Spirit and, and through His glory, I want to take a look at something that is maybe the most important, arguably, let's say, the most important of all of it, and, and that is preparation. Preparation. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I've, I feel like it's time that we're stirred up again. I feel like um, it, it's time for us to get to preaching again, if you will. And, and when I say preaching, I don't mean just the preacher, just myself up here uh, giving a message, I, I would think that uh, what I do is probably more teaching than preaching anyway, but I, I would like to get to the place where, where we're preaching again, where we're sharing the gospel with other people. And, and what I'm talking about is not a PC gospel, not something that's, that's too politically correct, but also not a hellfire and, and brimstone. But what I'm talking about is, is be, being able to tell people about the wonders of God, about the splendor of his majesty, about Jesus Christ and his kingdom and, and his love for all of mankind, about a holy God who has prepared the way for sinners to be set free by an immeasurable grace. I feel like it's time for us to prepare for his glory to fall. Ah, I got an amen. That's good. Thank you to my lovely wife, Sarisa, for that. Um, maybe at home we're getting some amens too because I, I feel like I feel like apathy has set in. I feel like, and you know, maybe it's this whole quarantine thing. Maybe it's this whole um, that we've all had to stay home for a time. Maybe, maybe we've gotten used to not having to set our alarm clocks. You know, maybe we've gotten into this uh, this rut of. Um, of laziness, if you will, because I, I know that what we need to do, and I want to be careful here, today is not a let's all get beat up 
uh, message or teaching. This is a, I want us to be prepared for his glory to fall because God wants his glory to be made known. And he, he wants that glory, I want that glory to fall on us, to be a part of us. And, and today our scripture is going to be in, in Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. And, and as you turn there or uh, go to the Bible app, the Version Bible app, the notes for today's message will be on there. Also on the, the Lantana Church app. Uh, you can uh, text the words Lantana app to uh, 77, was it seven seven nine seven seven? Thank you for the production team being on the spot there. 77977, it'll get you to the app. Pretty cool, all the stuff's there. But uh, the notes specifically for today, Leviticus 9. Can you believe we're going to Leviticus to talk about God's glory? I mean, what are we doing in a book of the law to, to, uh, to find this out? But let's look at that. Leviticus 9, 23 and 24. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people. And the, Lord, uh, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all of the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. Man, what a magnificent display of the glory of God. Today, we're, we've been, I was talking about just a moment ago, we're confronted with an apathy towards God. And honestly, I'm sick of it. Because I find it in myself and, and I, I get disgusted with myself because I, I don't want that apathy. This apathy causes us to treat God like he's somehow ordinary or, or somehow he's routine or he's common. God is none of those. Who is God to us? Who is God to you? How we think of God, and this is what I'm getting at, how we think of God determines our reverence for him. What if God is waiting for our reverence level to increase so that it changes the way we approach Him and when we approach Him in the right way, His glory will come? Remember this. In fact, you could even tweet this. I haven't said that in a while. Or, or Instagram it or snap it or whatever it is. We prepare for what we value. We prepare for what we value and what we anticipate. Think about it. How many of you spend time preparing for vacation? You give it a lot of concern and care and where are we going and how are we going and how are we going to pay for it and, and what are the activities we're going to do? You do a lot of time preparing. Or, or how much of us or how many of us are, are right now preparing for retirement or have prepared for retirement. What about a wedding or a party or an event or a movie or a graduation? We're in graduation season, right? Or a date. By the way, I want to say happy anniversary to my lovely bride of 21 years. On uh, Friday, we celebrated 21 years and we're very excited about that. Thank you. And for an anniversary date, we put some time into thinking about what it is we're going to do. Now, it's a little different from what we did on our first anniversary <laughs> um, because we went and looked at some countertops. <laughs> you know, but uh, baby wants, baby gets what baby wants. Is that what it, the saying goes? I don't know. But, but we carefully planned our anniversary date and what we were going to do and where we were going to go 
have papacitas fajitas. Awesome. And, you know, what, what was going on? It, it was a planned event. We plan for all of those things, but are we planning to experience the glory of God? I think maybe we underestimate the importance of preparing in our expectation of God's move, of His glory. I was talking with uh, uh, Michael this morning, our youth pastor, and uh, about his newborn baby. Congratulations to him, just a, a week old baby boy. And, you know, I'm so happy for him. But you can see, it's like he's experienced, and, and I'll, I'll speak for him. I'm not trying to embarrass him, but, and I, I remember, because for me, the glory has faded as my kids have gotten older. But I look at it, and it's like his face glows. There's this, this glory that he has experienced with having his first child. Maybe our apathy towards God has caused us to approach him with no anticipation because there's no preparation. So this is what I want to look at Leviticus 9 today. See how preparation plays into God's glory. And here's the first. I want you to remember this. God inhabits prepared places. God will inhabit prepared places. And I think this is the key word, inhabit. And I want to draw a distinction from the word visit. Don't you just love the times that God shows up? I mean, aren't those awesome times, especially when it's an, unex an unexpected move of God? We're just going along, living our lives. Maybe we're at church. Hopefully it happens at church, and then all of a sudden, bam! His glory's there. His presence invades us, and it's, it's so special. And, and I think that's a visitation. And don't get me I, I love visitation. I love it when His presence, His glory invades us. But how is that different, that visit? How is that different from, it, from a habitation? I, I want to help us understand. Think about the transfiguration for a minute. You remember we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, John and Peter and James were on the mountaintop with Jesus and they witnessed Jesus' transfiguration. They witnessed him so filled with the glory of God that he, he began to shine, even his clothes shone. And what did Peter say? Do you remember what he said? He said, Lord, let us build a shelter for the three of you. You see, Peter was prepared and he had a desire to make the glory into a habitation. He wanted the glory that he was experiencing. And, and I can only imagine, imagine with me if you will, the three of them plus Jesus on the mountaintop and then Moses and Elijah show up and they're talking and Jesus is shining like a light, crazy what they, how they described it. And then it says... Um, a mist, a, a, I forget, a cloud descended on them. And in my mind, it's a mist. It's like a vapor. It, it, it descends the glory of God and envelops them. And Peter's saying, Jesus, let us make a, a dwelling so that we can keep this glory. Let it, be, let it inhabit this place. 
So how are we preparing in our lives? Do we refuse to prepare? Is this why at best we have the hope of an occasional visit? Can we shake off the apathy both individually and and corporately as a church and make preparation to turn our lives into a habitation, a place that the glory of God will inhabit. That this place might be a place that the glory of God inhabits. That so many people sign up to come to church that we have to have multiple services. Will you draw a circle like we talked about around this place and around yourself and say, God, I will not move from this place until you send your glory. So how do we prepare for this encounter? How many of us are guilty of a feigned pursuit of Him? And what I mean is, we say we're going to pursue Him. We, we even want to pursue. We have a desire to, to pursue. But then we really do nothing to prepare for His presence. We say we want it, but we don't prepare for it. We get up late. We roll out of bed. We throw some clothes on. We don't anticipate anything or think about Him or meditate on Him. Then we miss Him because He only inhabits a prepared place. We're just not ready. Remember John 1.11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Talking about Jesus. He, he came to his hometown and, and it says he could do no good there or very little good because people were not prepared for Jesus. Matthew 13.58 is the story if you want to look it up. Is it because they just weren't ready to receive him? They just hadn't prepared. I wonder if today we spend more time preparing for what we will do after church than preparing for church. Listen, I don't want to, I'm not trying to beat us up today. Maybe some of the uh, conviction that I had while I was preparing is coming out, and I apologize for that. It's just that I know that Preparation speaks to anticipation and desire. Tweetable. (laughs) Preparation speaks to anticipation and desire. When I'm not prepared to receive the glory of God, I need to examine myself. I need to look at what it is that I am anticipating and desiring. Don't get me wrong. I love the sudden visitation. I love the times when the glory of God visits us in a special way when I'm enveloped suddenly by His glory, by His Spirit. But what I want is the consistent habitation of His glory in my life. Man, we're doing good. That was just the first. There's three points, okay? That was the first one. Here's the second one. Full service glory. Full service glory. Really, preparation is up to us, but too often I think we rely on other people to prepare for us. 
reminds me of uh, the full service station. I don't know if any. I mean, some of you are going to remember the full service station where you would pull up, and even uh, there's been a time or two as an adult that I've pulled into a, a service station to get gas. And when I say service station, I'm not talking about like a gas station like Quick Trip or something. I'm talking about, you know, a service station. They have a garage on the side and they got a couple of gas pumps. Pulled into a service station and it's full service, man. And it's awesome because you just sit in your car. They come and they do your fuel tank. They put your gas in and they wash your windows and, you know, make sure if you turn your engine off, they'll check your oil for you. They'll even check your tires. Like it's, it's full service, man. They're going to take care of you, whatever you need. Do we treat God like that? Like we want a full service? Like I'm not doing anything to prepare for this. <laughs> Remember not too long ago we read the book together and, and we talked, um, I think it was last summer, um, two summers ago, How to Worship a King. Thank you, Mandy. In there we were reminded that in the Old Testament it was the priests who were responsible for preparing for the presence of God, if you remember that. They were the ones who had to, to do the work. They, they had to clean themselves. They had to clean the, uh, sac- or perform the sacrifices and, and clean the utensils that were used and the items of worship, and they had to replenish the bread. The priests were the ones who were always preparing the place for the worship of God. In fact, w- when we read in Leviticus a moment ago, that is the result of, a time of preparation. God was explaining to them, this is what this priesthood is going to look like. This is what worship of me is going to look like. And um, when Moses and Aaron came out to reveal that to everybody, and like, we've okay, we've got it all set up. This is what God has said. Boom, his glory fell. They had to prepare to enter the presence, and they had to teach others how to be prepared. And we answered the question at that time, who is a priest today? We don't have the priesthood like we used to. I'm a pastor. I'm not a priest. My job is the watch care of the church to be prepared to to teach. A priest is different. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. We got it right here. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does it say? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You. All of you. All of us. When Jesus came and died and was raised again, the whole thing changed because the idea of a priest became different. No longer did the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, reside only in the temple. The Holy Spirit was unleashed on all of us, which Peter explains makes us all priests. In this age of a New Testament, we are a royal priesthood. We are the priest. So then who prepares? Remember, the priest is the one who prepared to enter into his glory. They had to clean themselves. They had to wash. They had to wash the utensils, prepare the utensils, get the sacrifice, uh, make sure they taught others how to do it. Like the, the priest did that. Now we are called priests. It's self-evident that we are now the ones who prepare for ourselves. 
The Holy Spirit comes in me. I am his temple. And it happens when I'm prepared. And we live in an age when everything is done for us. I got to tell you, like, I don't even want to change my own oil anymore. When I, even, even up until a few years ago, man, I changed my own oil all the time. And I was proud of it. I've changed my own oil. Now I don't have time to, ch- I, who has time to change your oil, man? I'll just take it to the little quick lube. They'll run my vehicle through, get the oil changed, bam, and done. You know, good. Even in this time of quarantine, like a lot of us don't even want to prepare our own food. We're going through the drive-thrus, right? Uh, man, I know that it, was, it hurt restaurants. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But a lot of people still drive up, go to curbside pickup, Uber Eats. Like there's DoorDash. Man, you don't have to do anything. You never have to raise a finger. It's just the age we live in. We're used to it. Raymond Noodles. Uh, Morgan gets mad at me, says I pronounce it wrong. She says ramen, but I think she's wrong. <laughs> she loves it. And, and you know, <laughs> I was talking to Mandy earlier, and I said, um, when I, I'm, I'm turning into that guy, that dad. When I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, we had to boil the water for our, for our noodles. Not anymore, you just got to put it in the microwave. <laughs> My kids, they'll pop that in the microwave, get the water hot, pour it in the cup of noodles, and bam, they're off, you know. But that's the age we live in. We have to be careful not to let our apathy in life transmit into our relationship with God. We have to be prepared. Have you ever heard someone say, man, I hope the pastor is prepared this week so I can have a great experience with God? Oh, I hope the worship team is prepared so the glory of God will fall. Listen, the worship team can't bring the glory of God. They just can't. And and no matter what I teach, I can't bring the glory of God. You have to be prepared. I have to be prepared. Now, Now, we can't delegate preparation. We can delegate a lot of things in our life. And when you're a a boss, probably you delegate everything. (laughs) But we can't delegate preparation to receive the spirit rest assured i will be prepared you don't have to worry about that our worship team you you see they're going to be prepared the production team they're prepared like we we will have it together but we all have to ask the question do i have me together here's the last point the goal Here's our goal, a prepared place for a prepared people. We need to strike a balance. If we have a prepared place, but we aren't prepared, then the result's going to be like the cathedrals that are beautiful and they're ready to go and they're open, but there's nobody there. They're empty. We don't want to be like that. Void of the power of the Spirit, void of the glory of God. On the other hand, if we have a prepared people, Without a prepared place, the result is chaos and frustration, which is why as myself as the pastor, the leader, and the worship team and the production, we will be prepared. We want a prepared place. The goal is to have a prepared place and a prepared people and to strike a balance between the two. 
So, so what does this look like? Look at our scripture today. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out of the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. This is the result of the glory of God. And they fell face down. This is our goal. That God's fire, that His glory will fall on every person. That His presence will be manifest. That His glory will be made known. That His blessing will be applied. That's our goal. So how did they get here? What, verse 23 and 24, how did it happen? And, and if we just read this, and I'm going to encourage you today, don't just take this verse. Will you please go in and reread chapters 8 and 9 in Leviticus? Because if we just read this, we might think that Moses and Aaron were in the temple and then they randomly walked out and the Holy Spirit, the glory of God just ran, randomly came down in the fire no, none of it was random. We're seeing the result of two chapters of preparation. That's not where it started. This didn't happen by accident. This wasn't just happenstance. Go back to uh, Leviticus 8.4. It, it begins with a, a, a list of preparation. I don't have time to go through all of chapter 8, but there's a phrase that keeps coming up. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. God gave him things to do to be prepared. And, and if you, it's repeated ten times in chapter 8. They made offerings and sacrifices and they washed and they anointed with oil and they changed uh, clothes. And then in chapter 9 there's twelve additional preparations. So 8 and 9 you've got 22 at least preparations to receive the glory of God. That's what makes verse 23 and 24 possible. My question today is, how many preparations did you make to receive the glory of God when you woke up this morning? It's because of apathy that we want to skip all of the preparation. I hope for His glory to fall, but I didn't prepare. Preparation leads to presence. I'm full of them today, huh? <laughs> preparation leads to presence. If that's true, then lack of preparation leads to lack of presence. So what are we saying? I'm saying that we need to be glory preppers. To borrow a phrase that's become popular lately, being a prepper. Getting ready for the end, you know people that do that. But I'm saying we need to be glory preppers. Get up earlier, wash in the Word, worship, meditate on God, focus on the objects of your desire. Because we prepare for what we want. That's just the simple truth of it. In this time of graduation, I can remember... My graduation, man, my parents, they prepared all, pre everything prepared. You know, it was, we're going to do this, and we have this, and then there's this. There was so much preparation for that. 
I think I feel guilty sometimes because now I, I'm not preparing for the glory of God. And I've been begging, God, send your glory. I want your glory. Will you send your glory? Praying for healing for people. God, for your glory, heal this person. But how much preparation have I done? You know what started me on this path, this message of his glory, was uh, I was reading through Leviticus one time, and uh, I, I got to chapter 10, and this, this part, I, I think that we talked about it too in, in the, the book, How to Worship a King, but it, this is what it says in Leviticus 10, the first few verses. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out of the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will be proved holy in the sight of all the people. I will be honored. I mean, I was trying to wrap my mind around that. Aaron's sons, who were priests also, what in the world did they do wrong? What it, you know what they did? They took a shortcut. This isn't the way that God explained to them in preparation for his glory to prepare the fire. They took a shortcut. They offered unauthorized fire before the Lord. This is... If you look at verses 23 and 24, these are the very next verses. This comes immediately following that. So God's glory fell. Everybody's on their face. Oh, God, you're awesome. Thank you for being here. And then the next verse, Aaron's sons, they go in and boom, they get struck down because they didn't prepare correctly. I realize I'm lucky to be alive today. To be quite honest, I'm lucky to be alive because I have treated God's glory with the same unprepared attitude so many times. We've been saying we want God's glory to come. We really have. That we're drawing a circle. It's a big metaphorical circle. We're excited to stand in the circle and pray for God's glory. Here's the question, though. Are we prepared? Are we respectfully prepared? You know, next week is Pentecost Sunday. And I think we're going to find out if we're prepared or not. And, and this, is, this is what I want, man. I want us to be a church where God's glory is evident. I want us to be a church that is known for His presence. I want to see the miracles of God. I want to see people that I pray for healed. I want to see lives radically transformed. I want to see people excited beyond themselves to be set free from the sin that has bound them. Like these are the things that I want. And we've talked a lot about God's glory. And that's why I said this might be the most important thing. Are we prepared for his glory? 
Have we prepared ourselves? So I'm going to ask you as a church, wherever you're at, and, and Pentecost Sunday is going to look different. We're not going to be in a, in a place together. I mean, not more than 50 of us. You know, you can gather together at your homes, by the way. You want to have a, a church watch party? Do that. Get 20 or 30 people in your home and watch church together and worship together and pray together. That would be awesome. I would love to hear the stories next week about the holy fire of God falling in different homes and in different places and maybe in a park somewhere and in somebody's backyard. Like news reporters, we don't know what happened, but in North Texas there was a bunch of fire over some houses. (laughs) We don't know. But I'm asking you as a church, will you join with me and this week seriously prepare your heart for God's glory to fall? I want God's glory. I want to experience it. I want to be in it. I I want to visit, but more than a visit, I want Him to inhabit me. The glory of God inhabited. And we know what's happened before. Last week we talked about um, how Peter was walking around and they just tried to get in his shadow. God's glory was so, had inhabited that man. Paul was, they just tried to get something that had touched him, a handkerchief, a piece of his clothes. Because God's glory was in him. Inhabited. But it takes work, man. Are we prepared? Let's pray. God, today I don't know where everybody's at, and I don't know what's going on in lives of everyone, but I'm asking you to help us, to to teach us, to show us in the Scripture how to, to be prepared. We want to prepare for your glory. We're talking about chapters 8 and 9 of Leviticus and the 22 things that... Um, they did to prepare for worship of you for your glory to be revealed and then God when your glory did come and and your glory inhabited that place people fell face down that's what I want for us we want your glory God bring us all together spiritually Praying for the same thing, desiring the same end. Man, we we want this. We desire this. Bring it to us. In Jesus' name I ask.